Welcome back, psycho fans. So today we are going to be talking about an interesting psychology perspective, sociocultural psychology. Kelsey here is going to explain what exactly sociocultural psychology is. Hey y'all, it's me, Kelsey, and I'm here to discuss a couple things about sociocultural psychology. Sociocultural psychology is the study of how different circumstances and customs can affect our behavior and thoughts. Today we'll be specifically focusing on factors such as gender, race, and the economy. But before we get into that, let's have Steph tell us the history behind this psychological perspective. So, this perspective arose during the 1930s with Soviet psychologist Lev Semyonovich Vygotsky, who began to be interested in the development, developmental psychology. Yeah, we missed. You, you messed up. So, this perspective arose during the 1930s with Soviet psychologist Lev Semyonovich Vygotsky, who began to be interested in the developmental psychology and decided to create a whole new psychological perspective. He began by proposing that the interactions made by children can shape and influence the way in which they understand the world and their cognitive thinking. The way children learn and grow varies from culture to culture, and most of the time, it's specific to each individual society. I've definitely noticed that firsthand. Two of my closest friends are from different cultures, and they are drastically different in regards to their morals and smaller things like their taste in music. While everyone's cognitive skills may be unique to each culture, the way in which they are handed down from generation to generation is often similar. But enough about history, because this isn't history class. Andrew, tell us the ways that this perspective helps us understand the brain and human behavior. Hello there, Andrew here. And I was just talking to my buddy Phil the other day, and it was interesting because we were talking about race and gender socializations influence on sociocultural psychology. What we were saying is how it's interesting that there is a major divide in our nation and how the way society is set up is what's responsible for it in the first place. I agree, and I think race is a great example of that. Thank you. Yes, that's what we were saying. Often children growing up in African-American families and communities have a much harder time obtaining an education due to the generations-old policy of redlining. This difficulty in obtaining an education can lead to a life of crime for these children, later in life causing a higher incarceration rate for African-Americans. Then this plays into the problem of stereotyping because now, due to the awful situation that society puts these kids into, it leads them to, to a be- people to a belief, excuse me, that African Americans are all criminals, which just surely isn't true. This makes it harder for African Americans as a whole to rise above their present situation, and it causes a rift in the United States, kind of like a self-destruct button that society has set up. Yes, that's the problem. African Americans growing up in poor communities have. They are given limited choices and are stereotyped for what they are forced into. All right, enough about that. Alex, what are the limits of sociocultural psychology? Thank you, Rachel. There are also many other factors that influence human beings that cannot be grouped with sociocultural psychology. For example, things like genetics, childhoods, and physical abilities are not covered by, covered by social psychologists. Sociocultural psychology does not tell us anything about the science of the brain 
or the genetic code that makes up the brain. Thank you. Great input, Alex. Now, let's talk about how this perspective is used within the psychology field. Uh-oh, it's the cops. Uh, there's been a shooting, but what kind of monster would do something like that? Actually, the report just came in. Turns out it was a high schooler who had a hard time in math class. The cops just slapped him some community service hours because he seemed really sorry. Everyone has bad days. While this scenario is exaggerated for obvious reasons, things like this occur all the time in real life. In modern America especially, it is not uncommon for a criminal to be plastered in the paper as their yearbook photo or pictured with family, giving the subconscious idea that they are more innocent than the headline states occur. That's not true. I've seen criminal mugshots in the paper all the time. Maybe of the lower class or minority races you have, but typically for the white or upper class, or both, it's a different story. That must be what sociocultural psychologists would analyze, a situation where human behavior is affected by distinguishable factors in people. So that would explain why he shot his family. I'll go tell the wolf son. While that was all weird, um, biological psychology would help us explain potential mental illness and how he may have dealt with it. Without proper diagnosis or treatment, he may have driven himself to do something like this. Are you dumb in the head? Behavioral psychology would help us solve this as the way he grew up may have in influence in the way he acted. Neither of you are dumb in the head. In this situation, anyways, huh. as both methods could explain why he would have done something like this, guess we won't know until the police report comes out. I guess you're right. Before we sign off, I'd like to give a killer shout out to our sponsor, Carbon Colors, for all your Dracut Middies apparel needs. Tune in next time to find out more de details on this shocking case, as well as the psychoanalysis of Miley Cyrus. So many aliases, so little time.